You're listening to Her Path to Success, a podcast to empower women to pursue a career that aligns with their passions and core values. We encourage women to show up, take actions, and thrive in their own ways. If you're looking to get inspired and expand your mind, you are in the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Her Path to Success. This is your host Peggy Wu. Today is my twelfth episode, which concludes season one of Her Path to Success. I am so thankful for all of my guests who joined me on this journey, and I'm so grateful to all of my listeners who put in the time to listen. Also, those of you who left me a five star review, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to take a short break after today, and I will resume the show in May. I have a great lineup, and I can't wait to share the new episodes with you. So today is a solo episode, and I'm going to tell you about the time when I got disinvited to a work function. Also, the main message that I want to share and to remind you of is to be your own best advocate. So here's the story. Once upon a time, when I was still at my corporate job, and I got an email invite to attend an offsite meeting created for client-facing colleagues who share the same job title within the division. I want to quickly explain that we have a job title in banking that describes what we do. We also have a corporate title that reflects our years of experience and seniority. This meeting intended to gather and talk about the division's sales performance, as well as a little team bonding for the colleagues. It was set to be at a hotel's meeting room with breakfast and lunch provided. I thought, hey, that sounds pretty cool, and I should go. So I responded yes. A few hours later, I got a notification that the meeting was canceled. I scratched my head and thought that was odd. They just put out the invitation. How come it's canceled? I later inquired about it, and I was told that because I didn't hold a certain corporate title. I shouldn't have received the invitation in the first place. In other words, the invitation came to me by mistake, and I was never invited. Or I interpreted that they rescinded my invitation. So, my corporate title at the time was assistant vice president, and the invitation was only supposed to go to colleagues who are vice president and above. I want to specify that the corporate title does not play a part in terms of the work we do. The assistant vice president does the same thing as the vice president and has as much responsibility. The whole idea that only people with a vice president title and above could go to this meeting sounded like garbage to me. I thought about it, and I asked myself. Do I really want to attend this gathering? My answer is no. I honestly don't care about the party, and I'm not afraid of missing out. Then I asked myself, "Is what they're doing fair?" My answer is no. 
The decision of who gets to go does not sound logical to me at all. Also, it sounds unnecessarily exclusive. It feels wrong. If I don't go, I don't have to socialize and sit there for four hours, which is not bad. But if I don't go, that means I'm allowing people to treat me or anyone in the same position unfairly. After some contemplation, I brought it up to my direct manager and asked to be reinvited. I told him that I feel I should be at this outing, just like everybody else. My direct manager is very supportive of me, so he took it up to the head of the division and got me back on the list. I think that was the first time in my life where I made a strong request to be included in something. I'm not going to lie; it felt a little weird. At the same time, I'm so glad I did it. I feel that I'm advocating for myself and voicing my opinion. I know if I don't do it, no one else will think of me and do it for me. The point is not about going to the party. The point is about speaking up and feeling included. During my corporate career, I encountered a couple of other situations where I needed to stand up for myself. Mostly related to confronting bullies at work, and one of them was a manager. The experiences were so uncomfortable, and I thought I was risking my job. But on a positive note, these situations prompted me to be brave and speak up. I'm not boasting about my courage because there were times when I did not speak up, and I felt taken advantage of. That did not feel good. The reason I'm talking about this today is to encourage you to advocate for yourself. There might be times in your career where you find yourself being treated unfairly, excluded, or bullied. Maybe you were passed over for a promotion because the upper management was unconsciously biased. Perhaps you found yourself in a situation where you don't feel seen and heard. Possibly you're stressed out because you work directly with a bully or that difficult person in your workplace, or maybe someone ignorant was intentionally or unintentionally being offensive to you. Another thing to add is that perhaps you don't know how to draw healthy boundaries with work, and you're burned out. If any of these sounds familiar, please know that you are not alone. I suggest you to check in with yourself and speak up. The first thing is to identify how an issue at work affects your state of mind, and distinguish whether it is someone else's doing or is it you who needs to take better care of yourself. Whatever it is, trust your instinct and don't discredit yourself. If something feels wrong. Most likely, it is wrong. Once you recognize what the issue is, think about what needs to be done. What's the outcome you wish to have? Is it bringing attention to a sensitive issue? Is it about finding a solution to a problem? Is it increasing awareness、uh, of an important subject? In your opinion, what needs to happen? 
Next, think about who can help you. Who is your ally at work? Is this something that you can discuss with your direct manager, or does this needs to go to human resources? One thing to be cautious about is you can share your experience with someone you trust at work and talk about how you feel. Maybe this person is a colleague, but don't turn it into an endless venting session that doesn't help resolve anything. Complaining is not going to get you anywhere. Instead. Focus on getting your voice heard and speaking the truth. Schedule a meeting with the person who could help you and talk about it. Remain professional and state the specifics and facts, including letting that person know what do you need. Maybe you just want to be heard, or perhaps some action is required. I know having these conversations can be difficult and uncomfortable, but staying quiet, pretending that nothing is bothering you, or allowing yourself to suffer quietly is not a long-term solution. It will have a negative impact on your health and spirit. Is it worth it? I want to emphasize that when it comes to dealing with a bully at work. And what makes it worse is that maybe this person is your direct boss. I know there is fear for retaliation if you tell on this person. However, chances are you're not the only recipient of the bully behavior. It's crucial to document any interaction you have with this person that demonstrates unacceptable behaviors. If it turns out that the work environment is so toxic that no one will help you, then that's your cue to leave. Have the courage to plan your leave is also a way to advocate for yourself. To summarize, if you find yourself in a situation at work that is affecting your state of mind or your well-being, plan to speak up. First is to trust your inner voice that something needs to be addressed. Second, identify the issue and the outcome you wish to have. Third, schedule a meeting with an ally who can help you. Finally, you have to do what is right for you, including getting yourself out of the hostile work environment. I encourage you. To be your own strongest advocate and model this behavior for others around you, your action will inspire others to speak up too. I hope what I'm sharing today is helpful to you. And again, I want to remind you that doing the hard thing is hard, but you can do it. To conclude today's episode, I'm going to do a meditation with you. This meditation is inspired by the book Buddha's Brain by Rick Hansen and one of my meditation teachers, Andrea Ferretti. To begin this practice, make sure that you are in a safe space where you can sit back and close your eyes. If closing your eyes all the way is not the most comfortable thing, that's okay. You can maintain a soft gaze. If you notice. Any distraction in the background, just let it be. Notice it, but don't become attached to it. 
We'll take three cleansing breaths together. Do a deep inhalation through the nose and slow exhalation through the mouth. Again, breathe in through your nose and breathe out through your mouth. One more time. Inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth. Return to your regular breathing pattern and just sit here with me for a few more breaths. Now, I want you to think about what does loving kindness means to you? What is loving kindness to you? There's no right or wrong answer. Go with whatever comes to mind. Next, what could loving kindness look like? If there is a shape, what is it? If there is a color, what is it? Imagine that loving kindness is something you can touch. What does it feel like when you put your hand on it? What's the temperature? What is it like when you hold it in your hands? I want you to bring the loving kindness towards your heart and hold it there. Feel the loving kindness in your heart. Now, I want you to think of someone you are familiar with who has supported you in your career. Think of this person and see this person's face in your mind's eye. Tell that person, I'm sending you loving kindness from my heart and I wish you well. Next, I want you to think of someone you know very well and someone you appreciate. This person plays a big part in your life. Maybe that's your best friend or one of your family members. See this person's face in your mind's eye and tell that person, I'm sending you loving kindness from my heart and I wish you well. Let's think of someone you love dearly and is one of the most important people in your life. Maybe that's your significant other, your child, 
or your parent. Imagine you are looking into this person's eyes, and you say, "I'm sending you loving kindness from my heart, and I wish you well." This next part might feel triggering, and I encourage you to still give it a try. Think of someone with whom you've had disagreements or conflicts. You label this individual as the most difficult person in your life. I want you to think about this difficult person. And see this person's face in your mind's eye. Tell this person, "I'm sending you loving kindness from my heart, and I wish you well." Last. I want you to see yourself. Imagine you are standing right in front of yourself, and you're looking into your own eyes, and you say, "I'm sending you loving kindness from my heart, and I wish you well." Continue to stay where you are and just breathe. I'm going to read a few self-affirmations, and you may recite inwardly or just listen. My courage allows me to speak up for myself. My wisdom empowers me to do the right thing. My feelings are valid, and my voice matters. I deserve to be safe, be seen, be heard, be loved, and. Be supported. My courage allows me to speak up for myself. My wisdom empowers me to do the right thing. My feelings are valid, and my voice matters. I deserve to be safe, be seen, be heard, be loved, and be supported.
If you are not in a rush, stay right here with your eyes closed for a little longer. If you are ready to move on, slowly open your eyes. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, follow, and share it with your friends and family. Remember to connect with me, and let me know if I can help you in any way. I'll leave my contact info in the show notes. Please take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and love yourself. Until next time.